Good day to you. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Just want to remind you that we've got some awesome things coming up in the near future with the podcast. And and I just want to say, just for fun's sake, <laughs> we finally named the podcast. Um, it's been almost a year since we started. Um, or actually, it will be, I guess, maybe the first week of February was, uh, was actually the first posted recording, and I'm just excited about what the Lord's speaking. Um, I feel, I just, I'm convinced there's just something beyond me of the Lord just speaking through the vessel of clay reality. That's for every man now. This is, you know, you hear men call like, you hear men say that they were called to the ministry when they were 14, or I knew I was called to be a pastor, preacher, evangelist when I was in college. And, you know, I've, in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, I've, I've really stepped back and like, well, what does that really mean? Well, I knew that I was called to be a, you know, these things that we say, like, well, here's the reality. And I'm not in any way negating those moments for anyone. The, the, the event, the moment of being called to something specific. But here's the reality. Every Christ man, every regenerated Emmanuel God-man is called. Now we have... And again, in order to wrap our own understanding around a matter, we have to brand it certain things. We have to call it certain things. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not opposing the five-fold ministry stuff in its right understanding, in its, in its biblical basis. I'm not opposing that in any way. But I'm just really beginning to recognize in a different way how we compartmentalize everything that's even right and good and spiritual and godly so that we can control it better and explain it better and brand it and title it and tag it so that we can control it. Well, he is an evangelist. He is a pastor. He is a prophet. Well, how do we know these things? Well, because someone said it so. Someone said, Brother Jim is a prophet. Okay, write that down. Put him in the category of prophet, and we promote him as such, whether in a big ministry way or just in the in a small kind of innocent way within a small congregation. We brand one another as something in order to I would say control and rightly identify who's who, who does what. But friends, here's here's the thing, right? What if we allowed God himself to brand men, to call men, to label men rightly? Because I absolutely believe fully wholeheartedly in the functions of natural men, 
in the body of Christ. Absolutely, hands down. I went through years of my life when we left the church, the organized church, after being a youth pastor, after being in and out of churches and crazy, limitless denominations, styles, types, flavors of Christianity for my whole life. And after my last um, position as youth pastor, I said, if this is what organized church is, I'm done. If this is what the church is, forget it. Because this is not what I see in the scriptures. This is not right. Well, why? Because it's, it's, it is true and it's factual. In most cases, it's men given a title, given a place, given a function that lord over other men <laughs> because they have been ascribed a title. They have been given by other men a title and a position. And most of humanity never questions it. We just have no identity ourselves. We have no confidence. And so most men just follow. They just follow. Okay, you are father so-and-so. I will just follow that. You have been told that by someone smarter than me, better than me, more godly than me. And so I will just come under you. And I will not examine you, place that before the Lord and say, are you in fact called of God for this function, this role, this specific calling of God? Like, and I'm not saying there aren't people that have done that. I know personally firsthand men who do that rightly and have submitted that to the Lord and allowed God himself to define if in fact that man is who his title says he is. But I'm just saying, in most cases, that is not the case. Most men are what the world accuses us of in, the, in Christianity today, which is we are just blind sheep. We're not, we're not questioning anything. We're not using discerning of spirits. We just follow. Or you rebel. And I don't mean that in a bad way now, but you rebel. You're not lording over me. Now, at the, at the origination of that, that can be fine. Now, I started there. Nobody's going to lord over me. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, spiritually speaking. I didn't see anyone with the attributes that I felt were godly and mature, holy, righteous, sanctified, set apart. Spirit-led, I mean, I could go on and on. I couldn't ever find that. Free from arrogance and pride, the thinking of oneself higher than they ought, I couldn't find that. So I said, forget it. Just forget it. I'll go to God. Now, that was off in the sense of I had no understanding. Now, we're talking 15 years ago. I had no understanding of of the right plurality of the body, the, the, the right understanding of the necessity of the brotherhood, I didn't have that then. And thankfully, the Lord matured me in my journey, so I shook off all of that bad taste, recalculated about five, six years ago, and said, you know what, Lord, I dare to believe, was the exact phrase, I dare to believe 
that you, God, can use men, work through vessels of clay to accomplish your works. I can't escape that that's your biblical pattern, that God, you, yourself, your design is to work through men. And so I gave myself to that, and that moved me into a, a, a season, a, a journey that's ongoing still of seeing the value and the necessity of the ordered body of Christ. Now, I don't have time at all unless we started to do like a five-part series about my present understanding of view on roles and functions within the body of Christ and the necessity of them and the, the, all of the mess and chaos that it has become. Because I really do believe from my personal experience firsthand now, and what I see today in people who are in my past and in my recent present, <laughs> can you have recent present? <laughs> Generally, as is the case always, you always hear me saying we fall into extremes. Well, I'll just do whatever pastor so-and-so tells me because he was ordained as a pastor in the Southern Baptist Conference, and so whatever he says goes. He's the boss. No personal responsibility. No personal receiving the oracles of the Lord myself to be my place, my role. Well, I'll tell you, everybody else tells you what to do. Who am I, right? The layman, I would say the layman, um, oh man, what's the word? It's a, a, it's a deception. The laity deception. Like, you're just, you just clean the floors, Larry. <laughs> you just teach a Bible study class. You just do that. That's just as important, brother. It's just as important as the preacher. Well, come on now. That's not really, in most cases, what is personified by the modern-day church. There is lesser and greater. But this is what I'm getting at. Within the right understanding and ordered body of Christ, and what I talked about in the Freedom and Liberty series back in July, the reality is that all of the men who are regenerated, the John 3 reality, born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit, we're indwelling the kingdom of God together in the here and now, we are set free in order to serve one another. We're set free in order to serve one another. That's, that's part of those pieces that was underneath that study that I did and the message that I gave about that specifically. We have been set free to serve. We've been set free to be in the yoke. The perfect yoke of the Messiah was one of the other points. Um, and and was set free from the yoke of slavery to sin. Like all those things that were under that, but the last point that I hit on was we were set free to be enslaved to our brothers, to serve, to bring the ministry of eternal Yahweh God and the head of the church, Christ Jesus, Yeshua, to the members. And so friends, let me try to get this point clear. We have got to be careful that even in our present understanding, we don't have the, less, the greater than, less than mentality that's making its way into our present view of the body. 
because this is where this originated. In my time of prayer this morning, I just feel so strongly this John the Baptist call on my life, the Hezekiah call in my life. And I'm finding quickly that when I present myself in, in just honesty and, in, in, and truly, I mean, as, as humble as I know how to be, but yet not timid and afraid to say with confidence what I know God is asking of me and what He's desiring to place within me to declare, to preach, to announce to the age that I live in. Now, I'm finding that because I believe the, that power of position and that skewed view is so alive and well in humanity, of course, and even in the church, it sounds to most ears that I'm exalting myself to say, I know more than you and I can tell you something that you don't know because I'm greater. And friends, I'm telling you that this is such a restrictive thing. This is so restraining of the body properly receiving the oracles of God from other men. I'm telling you right now, now listen to this part, okay, and may I make this crystal clear. My wife and I were having a dialogue last night about just the reality of like, well, what's, what's the deal with what God is doing with us specifically in my household right now? Because friends, what we're talking about is personal experiential encounters with God. And like, if that's too offensive that we have to keep that in because, well, I don't want it to sound like, I mean, my wife was accused of that um, two weeks ago. It sounds like all you're doing is talking about yourself. Well, friends, what else do we talk about? We're talking about a personal experiential encounter with the Yahweh eternal God and how he's revealing himself to me, mere man. Is that not the power of the gospel and of the good news? That's what the good news was. Listen, I have met the Messiah. That is the good news, is the personal experiential encounter. And so I find it very alarming to me that it causes such offense and drives so many people out who, who declare with their mouth that they're serving the Lord and want more of Him. But friends, listen. Most people do not want it to come through someone else. We want to receive private, personal encounters with God ourselves that isn't presented to me by anyone else. And friends, I'm telling you right now, I am thoroughly convinced more now than ever in my life that the reason we have these is not just for ourselves. It is to declare the glory of God to all of creation, which boiled down, arrives to a conversation between two individuals. To say, listen, friend, let me tell you about meeting the Messiah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me this morning. Let me tell you what happened in my prayer time with my wife last night. Let me tell you what I'm studying in the scriptures. Let me declare to all of creation my personal experience of knowing eternal Yahweh. And friends, it baffles me that people that I know, people that I love, do not want to hear it. Because, hey, don't you tell me. Don't lord over me with that. Friends, we've got to be delivered. 
We've got to be set free because, y'all, so many people that I know in my past, I'm telling you, they believe the spirit of religion is the boogeyman around every corner. He's the spirit boogeyman that's just lurking and everyone waiting to get at you. And friends, this is so crippling. It's so crippling. We've got to move past that. Now listen, that was me. That was me. I believed every single man who would tell me anything that I needed to do that was greater than what I was presently doing was out to lord over me. And friends, that's a lie. That's a lie. I don't care how true it is in many instances. It is not all-inclusive. It's not. Example, right now, I am looking anywhere and everywhere for someone who is pursuing the Lord more than I am. I am desperately looking and scouring the earth trying to find some men, a man who is pursuing the Lord more than me. Well, why is that? The analogy I use as I was praying with my wife last night is I love basketball. I enjoy basketball. I could play it all day. I could watch it all night. I love the game of basketball. It's foolishness. It's a bunch of men dribbling around a circle with some air in it and throwing it through a hoop. I get it. it is, it's ridiculous, but I enjoy it. <laughs> and in basketball, the only way you're going to get better is when you play an opponent that's better than you. If you set up a one-on-one game with a 12-year-old who's never driven a basketball before, you will never improve. You will never get better. Your game will never advance and change and mature. If you play an opponent that can kick your tail and you deliberately allow that to happen over and over and over again, your game will, your game will change. Your game will what? It will rise up to your opponent. It will rise up to the challenge that you're giving yourself to. Now, of course, we're not talking opposition and spiritual matters. We're talking a brotherhood reality of lifting one another up to where we are and moving again. Rungs on the ladder of faith to faith, spiritual maturation. It's very simple. But friends, in the spiritual world that I've known within the Christian church, we do not do that. The message in most everyone I know is, hey, We're not going to lord over you. We're exactly like you. I'm nowhere different than you. I'm nowhere, quote, better than you. Let's just all stay where we are, complain about the church and how they want to lord over everyone, complain about the complacency of the church, and make sure we're not doing that. Friends, that is not the good news reality. That is not the gospel of the kingdom. That is not the man we studies his words of of Paul's writings. That's not what we see. But friends, let's just be honest. We don't do that. I say this with great regularity. If Paul showed up at a local Bible study, men's group, church service, revival night, they would run him out. In most cases, who does he think he is? Who does this man think he is saying these things, calling us out, telling us all that he's doing? I know he said he's the worst of sinners, but did you hear him say we're supposed to follow him? It's not about him. It's about Jesus, right? 
That is what permeates the Christian culture of today. Or pastors, leaders are celebrity. They have celebrity status. They're worshiped. People gobble up their books. They dress like them, talk like them, love them, follow them, idolize them. And friends, here we are again. It's seemingly, in most cases now, one or the other. So friends, I'm pleading with you. Can we find the rightful middle? Can we find the rightful middle on a matter about looking biblically at what it means to be men of God? Men, I'm telling you, the earth needs some men. I mean for real, legitimate, godly men. Not moral men. Not patriotic Christian men. Godly, holy, consecrated, set-apart men who are training other men. No one ever took me under their wing and trained me. I had one pastor at the first church that we served at who did that a little bit, and that totally changed my life. The little bit that he did now. Other than that, I've had no man in my life who has... Now, I've had men take me to baseball games, and we talk about some Bible stuff. I've had men who met me for lunch. I've had men who taught me some things, handed me some papers to read. But I'm talking about like someone whose life is aligned with another to say, you know what, brother? You need me. Oh, no, 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 no. Careful. Lording over. Warning, warning, warning. Lording over. No way. It's a deception. It's a deception. Friends, the earth needs godly, set-apart, consecrated, grown men. I'm going to be one. Friend, will you be one, please? Will you be one for someone? For your household? For your grandchildren? For your nephews? For your neighbor? For someone in your workplace? For someone at your church? Are we deliberately seeking out being the vessels of honor on behalf of the king? Ambassadors. Men who take other men under our wing and say, you know what? I have something to teach you. I have something to tell you that you do not know, friend. And y'all, void of the intersection reality where a humble man, age is irrelevant, a humble one meets another humble one. One lacking, looking, needy, and one full and ready to share and teach and train. They've got to be united only by the Holy Spirit of God. Only, only that way can that happen. Well, the, the teacher, the leader has to be humble. Yes, amen, I'm telling you. Like a holy, the man I'm describing is already there. The man I'm describing in my imagination is fueled by humility and the servant mindset. But I'm telling you, friend, we cannot have a message that's full of the dunamis power of God with this passivity of like, I'm just a nobody. I'm just a servant of God. I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just dirt. No. 
I won't do that. I'm not going to lessen the awesome work and calling of God that I have embraced and submitted myself to walk into and under. I'm an ambassador of the king. I know my place. My place is at the feet of Yeshua Messiah, listening to what he's saying, watching what he's doing, and going out saying, I will do what I hear. I will do what I see. I will do something. I'm not a nobody. I am Emmanuel in my life. I am the present manifestation of Yahweh eternal God in a man. I'm no longer my own. I am a living sacrifice. I'm a new creation. It's no longer I that live, but Christ the Messiah that lives in me, living through me, through this natural flesh. The living water reality. I left my natural water pot at the well when I encountered the Messiah. And now I have a message. Now I have something to say. Now I have something to tell you. It's not my message. It's not myself. But it is about me encountering the Messiah. And my personal, experiential, daily, moment by moment, walking alongside Him. Fueled by the Spirit. No longer a mere natural man. A spiritual man. So friend, who are you? Who are you? The earth is groaning for the revealing of the manifest sons, the mature sons. It's time. The earth is waiting. Everything else is doing its part. The only problem is the rebellion and the hearts of men. We're not doing our part. We're not doing our part. If you've not listened to the series about what is man, the purpose of all of humanity, go back and listen to that, whatever, five-part series. Go listen to that, please, if you've not listened to that. We've got to find our purpose. We've got to know what we're doing here. The kingdom will not accidentally appear, my friend. It needs ambassadors. It needs men to advance its cause, which is what? On earth as it is in heaven. We can do that, friends. Why? Because we've been empowered by the forerunner Messiah to do these things and even greater. That's what you're called to do. That's what I'm called to do. Let's be that today, friends. Let's be men who live on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.